Welcome back to Working It Out with Dave and Andy. I'm your co-host, Mr. Andy and... David, oh. we're here again. I was going to go word for word. Word for word. <laughs> I was not on that same yeah, page. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And then it's just, it was just died out straight no, away. It's all right. So we're coming back after a a bit of a layover layover week. We had a week break, didn't a we? A week break from the podcast and it was hard. Not I by my like choice. No, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you left me. Let's That's make that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I spent a week in New Zealand and so taking time um, out from the business, having a break, um, having a chance to, you know, reset and far out, coming back much better. How'd you find it coming back? Well, definitely found that uh, there's such, I noticed a change when I was over there. Obviously when you go away, there's a sense of like, you know, relaxation or less stress, but it was just a headspace changer for me. Yeah, I feel, I don't know if you have resonate with this, but um, business often requires you to like sprint at certain times, like sprint with like reckless abandon, like go hard as as you like 10 out of 10 type sprinting. And I often felt like the business was requiring me to sprint, but I was, operating at like a seven out of 10. Yeah. Um, and this trip had allowed me time to reset and now come back with the energy to, you know. Did you find when you were over in New Zealand that you were thinking a lot about the studio or did you, did you manage to kind of put on the back? Like, give me a percentage. Yeah, how yeah, much How yeah. much of the time do you think... Uh, that's probably a bad one. How much How much time did you, re- do you reckon you spent thinking about the studio? Yeah, no, it, it definitely the first three days were like z- almost zero. Like, uh, and I think that's to do with just, because it's like a weekend away, like zero thought. Yeah. I got pretty like separation anxiety around day four, day five from not actually working, meaning that like uh, you're not putting in yeah, like any effort day to, like it was a weird, it's a bizarre feeling. Yeah. Because you, you feel a little bit accomplished when you, answer an email or you oh, post something on social you've got, media. You've got so many different uh, kind of flows throughout your day that you're used to doing. I mean, you come in, you work, you answer your emails, you do your Instagrams, you, you have your clients. And as soon as that's gone, well, obviously not for a bad reason, you've gone on holidays, but as soon as that's gone, you're thinking like, your body's almost in shock, mate. Like, where am I? That's that's so true. And it's, and it's, and it's completely okay. I think... Um, Having the time was really good. I, I did get a little. I think I said I said during the trip that I was like, I don't. I almost would love to have a working holiday. In that, I could see myself just. It's. I, I don't hate my job. I don't oh, hate building a business, but it was necessary to d- detach. And I don't know if you've ever had that. Like when you're not at work, just in, even in Melbourne, are you always thinking about it? Do you switch off quite easily when you're just day to day outside of the you know working hours? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard trying to switch off from work especially because i get there so early in the morning so i wake up i go straight to work and then when i get home i live so close to work it's not even like i've got a long drive to be like okay separate yourself i'm home in like three minutes so i'm already th- i'm still thinking about work I'm like oh what needs to be done what needs to do this but then you slowly start to detach it but then weekends away i mean i find it easy ish to detach i don't know it depends on the circumstances actually it's when I'm really thinking about it, it's a hard one to answer because you go away and you don't want to be thinking about work. It's almost like you know it's in your mind and you need to put it to the side in the naughty corner so you can't think about it anymore. It's like, no, don't think about work. It's not here right now. You're away. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because I feel like long-term, um, that's a, it's like a, it's a flawed mindset. It's kind of the same mindset as um, I shouldn't have cake, it's bad. 
it's like it's just it's flawed in the nature that it's like it's it's unrealistic and work shouldn't be something that's a big part of your life and then you know just dies in your brain it's a very it's quite bizarre right yeah, like yeah exactly for us to go away and so um and i think more people now as they're getting older like uh, and we're trying to make our mark in a career sense is that we kind of have some sense of pride in the career it's just like having a child would be i'd imagine your 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 stake is your prize online you want to know how it's doing at all times so to completely detach is maybe unrealistic but um like to like like to like you're meant to completely detach but um no, I found that the trip being really refreshing. I felt like my batteries were recharged. Um, I think that it's huge for you to reflect. Like if you're somebody who's sprinting like I'm trying to and like I see you're doing with work and yep. taking next levels, like you're making some pretty crucial decisions behind the scenes. Reflect on like why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Like spend five minutes on your holiday doing that. Even though it's about work, it's like going to alleviate some of that stress well yeah of course i mean for me work wise i don't necessarily need to be hands-on all the time and so when i do go away i have that luxury of of because i work with my family someone else is there to look after the to you know take the wheel someone's there the controller to steer it in the right direction and i feel like that's where we have a key difference because you are obviously the and uh, the one and only boss at this studio do you feel a sense of abandonment when you leave? It's a, it's a great question. Um, and or do you have that pure trust in your staff? Not not to speak down about the staff at all, but it's more like, do you feel like you need to be there because you are the boss? Yeah, it's really interesting. That's a, that's a great question because um, I didn't feel that. Um, uh, I think in the context of uh, my job, I deal one-on-one with people that you know really, really well and... Um, and you hire other professionals, hopefully at that same standard. And so when you leave and it's for a short time, like I, I it's only a nine day holiday. I think yeah. if I was to do something along the lines of two, three weeks, it'd be very um, hard to let go of the sh- management of the studio. Cause I think there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes administrationally and also just managing the studio that have nothing to do with PT at all. Um, but when it comes to the actual training side of things, and in your case, maybe production of goods that you're providing to yeah. this, you know, um, to the public, you can maybe be rest assured that people can pick up the slack. But I think it's the overall entrepreneurial spirit and direction 100%. that you always need to kind of be at the helm of. You know, it's the it's like the old the old footy term, the one percenters that you do while you're around that won't be getting done. And it's understandable because they they're not in charge. They're not you know they don't own the business. They don't have the liability like you do. Um, so when you're here, there's all those little things. There's answering the email. There's you know putting cups away. Even there's just all the tiny things that you do day to day that people obviously don't see, and it's not part of someone's job description to do. Like with myself at work, if I go away, I have staff to cover my you know macro jobs, but all those little micro things that I do, yes, the relationships right. with the customers, the answering of the emails, the accounts work, and all that kind of stuff. That's just not going to get done, and that'll pile up. And that's what almost stresses me out the most not so much the macro day-to-day running it's yeah, those right. little th- little niggly things that are going to build up over time i just know when i get back th- these things need to get done sometimes you need to use them to set it in motion as well and that's why it gets a little bit frantic because you're away and you can't set things in motion well i, de- I think it's so such a great point there's a cafe that's opened up um it's a chain and they've opened up at a shopping center near me, and um, and I, and it's a new shop, great fit out. But they hired uh, what looked like say like your eighteen to twenty year old um, front staff, and we went for a coffee and it was breakfast, and the whole 
the whole system was just it lacked like a sense of wh- where is is there an owner where is the heart where's the passion it's just a chain and there's it's frantic in there there doesn't seem to be amazing systems etc uh, so on one side lacking a lot of that presence family authenticity then you have the other side of it which i think you spoke about before where I have all these little micro jobs that like lighting the candle and making sure that like the social media posts are written in a certain way. Um, but it can also be the death of the small business owner that they've put so much stock in certain tasks that you need to find that sweet balance. We're like, what things could I get rid of? And it would be okay. That's you know? such a hard balance and, and to so, find. Right, right. And, that's, uh, and for us, I mean, your sweat, you know, blood and livelihood is within the business. You're not just going to suddenly be like, I'm just not going to do the one percenters. Yeah. But it can also sometimes be you know, the death of our schedule. 100%, exactly right. You could set your whole day right out of whack by just doing, I wouldn't say needless things, but just little things that don't necessarily need to get done over, like, you don't tend to prioritize very well when you know you've got those 1% to do. You think like, oh, I'll just do these three, four little jobs, but you miss out on the real big one sometimes, or you do the big one a little bit half-assed, and that's not so much, that's not always the best way to do things. Yeah, and it's a big learning process if you're somebody who wants to, uh, start a business or you're currently starting a business is that reevaluating what you spend your time on is like the best thing you know I, it, it takes somebody like a gordon's kitchen nightmares to come in and just be like how are you spending your time and the truth is if we if you put a microscope on on a lot of the behaviors and the things that we put a lot of value in sure some of it might be a bit neurotic or perhaps nonsensical or illogical and you you sort of need a sanity check and that's why i like the idea of somebody like sanity check my neuroticism if that's a word do you know because part of it's your genius it's your flair it's actually what's helping you steer the ship in this amazing way and then somebody looks at a task that you'll be working your ass off and they're like why didn't you just think about doing it like this and you're like mother (laughs) i didn't think of that yeah it took you eight seconds um Back onto when we were talking about um, trips and going away and taking time off, a huge part of something that me and you are trying to build within our brand is building content, posting content. You know what's really funny? That was my next point I've got on my notes. Yes. That was the same thing I've got written I, down I right d- there. That I didn't definitely didn't have that also steering on Did my phone. Didn't have the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely didn't check my cheat notes. <laughs> um, so, like, I think... Um, did your content for Athletic HQ take a break? I know your your yeah. personal one took a break. Yeah. But did Athletic HQ take a break? Yeah, it's the first both both did dramatically. And it's the first time I've ever done something like this. I'm really big on um what feels organic like happen like happen. And I'm totally okay with the idea of being judged or maybe letting people down on I'm not doing it maliciously. I wasn't saying like I'm not gonna post, you know, it's my time. It wasn't anything like that. It just if I felt like each morning I want to make a little post, I wouldn't. If I didn't, I didn't and it was just interesting to watch what habits and behaviors changed when I didn't have that uh, requirement like you know in my brain and so yeah they both took a break and in hindsight I think just forward planning could have helped that maybe before I left you know yeah a little bit of a content plan would have been good even if it was like a question a day on the athletic HQ one just to do something different but I mean it's probably, is it the first time you've gone away on a, an extended trip since opening the studio? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's where you sort of learn your behaviours. And you also, I didn't give that task to anybody. So like you said in the morning, um, you say hello to everybody. It's the one percenters and things of that nature. It's like um, the, the thought of um, having somebody stand with you on one shift to get to know clients before you left and literally just said, make sure you touch base on the X and the Y and they're like, That'd make sure so you know That'd be so unreasonable. Mick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, now just watch just the watch. way I talk. 
Yeah, literally the same jokes like morning bill have you lost weight and <laughs> like oh it's it's like, like, you gotta say that i got a book for you yeah, too yeah yeah i know for me like when i um when i leave i used to have people cover my clients i would just bounce and go on a holiday and be like enjoy your session now that i've got the studio and i'm a little bit more mature in my craft i like wrote up for each client to the trainer like this is what um jeremy's doing this is what matt's doing this is where their issues are at this whatever's and when the when the trainer rocks up and the client has that initial apprehension or like in your case they haven't met the barista or whatever it's like that they just have that little amount of knowledge which just made it like oh like i'm more than okay with this actually you know what i'm actually happy for the change for a week because yeah my biggest fear is that they just get somebody crap or it's not a good experience yeah well you, you left your you left your pts here with you know a bit of a plan not so much not so much a, a blow by blow schedule, but just a general. This is what you know you should do with Barbara. That's fine. She'll be, you do this, and that'll be all good. Did you? Are you going to lose any clients to one of your PTs yet? I would. Ha- I would happily like. I <laughs> yeah. I think. I think it's going to happen more and more. I feel like. I feel a very organic shift between like um, my energy inside PT sessions. Like when I started you could almost come in with no ambition, no energy, no design, no motivation. I could try and manifest that for you because I had I, it's all my energy was committed to um, just personal training one-on-one. And now that like things like the business and growth and staff, like staff are my obsession now in like a good way. Like I really like obsess over how my staff are, what their progression is, so much so that if you're somebody who comes in unmotivated, unwilling and, and unable into my sessions, I can pu- put you in a position to win better with somebody that has only PT to think about. Whereas if you give me the, the hardcore um, or the, the really committed, the motivated, the passionate, there's I can com- I can strategically plan for them because I know what's up. You know, yeah. I can still train people well. But I think I think over, over time I'd like to see more people engaging with other trainers and even in your in your um, own business are people attached to certain family members does everyone know everyone like what has the situation yeah i mean well at the, at the front of the shop so on our books at work we have just on 25 staff so there's a lot of people going Ooh, around 25 yeah there's staff. a lot of people going around a lot of different faces so especially at the front of house because there's a few different sections the way uh in what we work in i've tried to split it up so people work in those sections Back in the day when my dad was running it on his own, everyone at the front would do, you know, pretty much a little bit of everything. The shop wasn't as busy. So you could sell a big cake up the front. You could come down and sell a box of small cakes. You can go take a cake order. And, you know, throughout the day, you might make a couple of coffees here or there. But now that's just not the way that I like to do things. I need to have my team that's set up for cafe service. I need my team that's set up for retail sales. And a team that's set up for um, big cake orders because that's our main business. So you need to have someone there that's really, really good at what they do. And now it's gone to a point where I have someone who's dedicated to making sure the shop's clean. Someone does that all day. That's their job. They make sure the shop is clean. They help take out food. They help clear the tables. They get ev- the whole shop restocked. That's their job throughout the whole day. Wow. So in doing that, that's why it's so easy for me to be able to put someone into a position. It's almost like because it, when it gets to a certain position, a certain level, of staff, I need to run like a football team. That's the way that I look at it. Right, yeah. So I've got, you know, you get your forwards, your mids, your backs, all that kind of stuff, but I'm going to make some really bad analogy. So yeah. I've got my people that, like I said before, I've got my retail staff, I've got my cafe service staff, and I've got my big orders. And everyone needs to be split up in their correct spot. 
I can't have people chopping and changing and doing things everywhere because then it's just chaos. The, the, the interesting thing for me, as, like listening to that, is that because um, you always see in, in smaller, more boutique like cafes that it seems like everyone does everything, like as in because there's always some slack to be um, pulled up on. And so when you're creating these um, segmented teams, did you have to uh, stop people from venturing perhaps out of that scope? All the time. And I still do it now. I did it today. Yeah, right. I um, right. It's hard for me especially because I sit up the top for a few hours at a time on the coffee machine. <laughs> in the hierarchy. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, In no. the food chain. <laughs> I sit in my throne. I'm, I'm just up the top looking <laughs> in at my the puppets. chair. In the <laughs> <laughs> I, <can't guess. laughs> I get it. You're at the top. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sit at the front yeah, at the I coffee the machine. <laughs> and... Um, while I'm deep oh, deep in thought or just deep in my process of getting things done because I've got a lot of orders to get through, I am I find myself constantly looking up and still having to direct people in certain ways. So it's hard for me to always steer people in the correct direction as well as doing my job at the same time. So sometimes I'll give up my coffee post, especially after, say, 10 a.m., after the f- main people have come through and the shop's starting to heat up. I'll give up that post and someone else will come in. They'll do that. And my job is to more manage where everyone's going. I'll stay in the retail sales a bit. I'll help with the lunches a little bit. I'll help with the orders a little bit as well, just to make sure everyone knows I'm still there and helping to direct them around. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Um, I think I wanted to touch on, on what you just said just then is that when you um, are trying to build something bigger than yourself, we're not talking about like... Uh, um, if you're just if you're just working in a singular role, for example, like if you're working as a barista or you're working as a trainer, and your sole focus is just about being great at being a technician, being your craft, uh, I don't want to say it's just singular in focus, but you definitely don't think about um, developing systems. Now, yeah. systems are not sexy. Systems like often are like lame. They suck. They're rigid, and they need to have some um, period of time where people develop. Uh, and work into those systems and so when you're literally creating them from scratch it is like pain you can come across so like like what's the big deal if i go over here and i'm what what can't i just and you're like you don't understand saying yes to that system breakdown breaks down everything and that's it it's it's almost a it's almost a snowball effect once one piece starts to fall then they all start going down that little bit you know and it's it's important to keep everyone uh focused on the task at hand because like i said with I'll manage probably six to eight people at a time during the day and it can be quite chaotic. You've got to organize everyone's particular role and make sure at the end of the day, the customer is getting the service they need, the service they deserve and also coming in exactly what they ask for. You know, they come in and they want someone who's proficient in the cake orders. You need to make sure you see someone who knows that back to front. But I can't have all my staff know that because it's just unrealistic. I can't have them batting on all ends. It's just, yeah. And, and I think if you're ever interested in creating systems, like I have had to become over the last 12 months, you're, you're inexperienced, not you, like just we're inexperienced in that oh, we're yeah. trying to create frameworks. And just like anything when you're learning, 
you have to be rigid in this uh, when at the start because you don't know any other way. People don't realize when they get into a corporate office space that has been around for 5, 10, 15, 20 years potentially, there is so many systems that's been um, ingrained into the furniture. They don't even realize that that's, that's, just, that's just where we park and um, that's we have our loyalty cards at this cafe and the systems weren't even, they didn't sit down and say, we're going to create a parking order uh, system and who, who parks their car where? But that comes over time. With you and me being relatively fresh into the game of management of these establishments, it's like, oh, you longer than even me, I'm just one year in. These like systems, like, geez, it can be hard to get them oh, to stick to for it. For sure. You know? And the, the worst part is like you almost don't have someone who who can kind of show you how to create those systems. Like with yourself, you're a year in. This is your baby. This is what you're doing. With myself... I've got the shop there that's become busier than we've ever been in our lives and there's no systems in place to cope with how busy that shop is. Why do you think it's become so busy? Just out of curiosity, like would you attribute that to something in particular besides your amazing reign (laughs) as as top of the hierarchy? (laughs) As if established, (laughs) I'm top. I'm I'm a big deal. (laughs) Um, But like, do you you like reflect on that? Um, Because I think there's a lot in business to do with momentum and and, and on on top of systems, good products, good position, good like all the foundations of business, location, staff, all that stuff. Yeah. What do you do? You see something that's caused the shift? Well, I think the biggest shift that we saw was when the family all started to get involved. So that's my dad's obviously already there. There's myself, my sister, and my brother. We're all involved. We all decided to push in the one direction, which obviously helps the momentum of the shop. The, you know, the quality picks up. Um, the customer service picks up. They see all the family there. The staff see them there. It's just an organic kind of growth right. uh, within the staff without us having to necessarily do anything. It's just that input. But then we decided to open into the next door shop. So we've got a new cafe seating area that's been around for about two years. And that's helped us grow so much more because our street frontage is literally double. So people can see us now. Yes. So total, how long has the business been running? Dad's had the business since 85. Yes, so like we're, we're talking, what's that, 20, 30 years? That's over 30, 30 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so he's had a long time. And then, and then the last two years to to like improve the frontage of the yeah. shop and create a whole new city. So that really does like... It, do, it did help a lot. I mean, not to, you know, obviously the last two years wasn't all our doing. Like dad started the business in 85 on the same street in Greensboro um, in a small shop. Um, he then moved over, I think it was around the 2000 ish mark oh actually no it was later than that i reckon it was around 2005 2006 he moved across the road into a shop that he had bought um and it was a lot bigger uh, we're talking three four times the size of what he had so he grew it into something a lot bigger and then he stayed in there until 2016 and then we decided to start punching holes into next door and then expanding the seating area but he already grew it that little bit sure. and then it needed it needed an extra set of, an extra few set of hands uh to push it up in that direction again. That's great. That really is cool. And I think when you just, when you put in that perspective, 30 years, and I mean like um, the milestones that happen within that, when you listen to anybody who's had a business for a set amount of time, like we, we spoke about this before. I've, the business that I've, that I own at the moment is a year, just over a year old. Um, and you just expect like, you expect like you deserve um whatever you work for so the harder that you work and the truth is is that just like training or education or relationships 
business is no different in that there is so much momentum around being established, being well-known, being respected, and just continually putting out a good product. Like a good product can mean nothing if it doesn't reach a lot of people. And sometimes exactly. it takes years to reach that content. And now with what you're doing with social, it's like you're taking it not only from street frontage to the online space to now like potentially nationwide, worldwide kind of exposure, you know? Yeah, so what you want to do. You need to use all the channels you have at your disposal. I mean, Dad back in the day was really big on um, local fairs, um, local uh, papers. He used to advertise in a lot and he used to be big in the community too. So people used to, the shop used to be really active in the community. So that's where he got his exposure. And you can't just rely on your shop being in a single spot. I mean, people thinking like, oh, awesome. I know where that is. I'll go. People need to know who you are. It's Branding's been around for years. He yeah. branded himself. And it's what he did really well with. That's great. And, and 30 years. Yeah. Like, it's like, put the right ingredients together. It's like, mate, you, I'm going to give you the recipe for how to cook this dish. Then I'm going to get you to put it in the fridge for 10 years. Then you're going to put it in the freezer for 10 years. Then you're going to let it thaw out for 10 more years. And then you're going to cook it. And you're like, huh? I, yeah. thought, I thought I could cook it once I make the recipe. And I, I listen to that and I'm just like, you, like the business has earned everything. Yeah. That, like that is ins insane. 100%. The feat. business needs, yeah, it's, in, it's incredible. Most small businesses do not last, you know, above five years. You know, a lot of ones, especially in the hospitality industry, a lot of them fail. It's a massive turnover rate. And that's, you know, just speaks to how good he actually was. And if it wasn't for us coming in now and adapting it to the current, the current uh, form of media that we're in, which is social media, I don't think it would be, you know, propelling us quickly. It would still be around because, man, everyone knows him. But it's you got to adapt to the times and you have to help the business grow in different ways. And I think we're, do we're doing a very good job of it at the moment. It could be better, but, you know, we always say that. Yeah, I, I like to look at it as a bell curve in that um, it, there's, there's a certain population of people who will never leave the cafe that they've gone to for 25 years, the dingy one, where it's like the coffee's not even good. It's like it's... it's I'll like just keep going back because I like uh, it. Sorry, shout out to Handoffs. That's not really that good in your coffee. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the other side of the bell curve is um, when a new ca uh, cafe is popping. And it's like, it's like the place I want to go and I want to take a photo of the lunch. And the reason I'm saying it's the other side of the bell curve because we think it's a big percentage, but it's actually a, a gross, a smaller percentage. Yeah. The major component, uh, proportion rather of that bell curve is people who just like good established businesses with good quality um, like uh, products that they can absorb. Like they're not, they're not jumping around left and right. It's like, it's like relationships. Like we need businesses that have just been around like osteos that thrive. They're not, they're not the brand new one with it's like it's a, they've got a new sign every two minutes. It's the latest technology. It's they're good quality. They've got the same people, the same faces, the same you know blood in the line. Exactly right. And then over time, you can like organically grow. Was every time a new competitor pops up, even my studio, like you popping up with some brand new artworks and brand new machines. Um, the name's cool. It's edgy. It's like that will service a very small part of the population. In 10, 15 years time, it's going to be can you still produce good quality you know yeah it's always it's it's always difficult to see um what direction you'll be heading uh almost personally uh with your own business and how you're doing things here but it's um man you th you sit back and you think about it it's, it's a lot of I th i'm thinking back to the one percenters comment i made at the start of this podcast and it, as the thoughts go through my mind i think and there is a lot of different little things that go into running it that just makes it like you said into that 
good quality established business. And I'm not trying to pump my own tires here, but we do a pretty good job of what we do. And, you know, there's a reason dad's been around for so many years and you need to make sure that you almost continue on that legacy because you kind of, you owe it to the community almost. Totally. And you owe it to the business as well. Like the business is older than me. So it's it's like, it's literally like a fourth sibling. The business is a sibling. That's how close it is to the family. You go there and it's like a second home because we've always, for what we know, we've always had it. You know what I mean? Mm. Everyone starting a business should have that um, goal in mind is to create something that is like a home. And sometimes a home is not that sexy. As in like, no. as in what, what you see in like an interior designs magazine, it's like that is, fu- the, imagine we had a lounge room like that, babe. Oh my God. It's like, you need a lounge room where you're comfortable taking off your shoes and the fireplace is in the spot that you like it or that you've got the fan heater right next to you and you've got the TV that's the size that you want, even if it is a, a few meters away. It's like the same thing for a business is that in like, and when I created this studio is that there's a lot of like bells and whistles that's going on but the couches that we're sitting on right now and filming this on if they weren't comfortable to sit in and didn't have a mentos bowl next to me like (laughs) it would do you know what i mean it's those it's those things it's the little things that make it into a home because at the end of the day being a business owner or someone who runs a business you can't you can't hate what you do because Mm. it'll reflect on how your business performs in the long run i mean you have a lot of people that go into their jobs their nine to fives and nothing wrong with 9 to 5s, by the way. I'm not going to sit here and knock that at all. Shout um, out to 9 to 5s. Shout out to 9 to 5s. If people want to live that life where they go into work and they enjoy what they do and they come home and they enjoy their time at home and that's their happy life, man, be happy. That's awesome. But if you're going to start a business and you're going to be you know, uh, a business owner or a business operator, you need to be happy where you stand eight hours a day and then it's a simple fact that you'll be there more than eight hours a day you'll be there a lot longer there's you know what is it now it's 9 20 on a friday night we're recording a podcast in your studio and we're doing this because we love what we do we love doing this if you said this to anyone else like hey man what'd you do on friday night i recorded a podcast at 9 20 in my studio mm. why were you at your studio why weren't you home i love it yeah. you know what i mean this yeah. is what we enjoy doing when i'm not i'm not twisting your arm to be here you're not twisting my arm to be here it's just psych work you can't you can't go in that with that mentality of someone's really forcing you to be here. Well, business your own business gives you the luxury and the opportunity to fall in love with these types of things. So the con of being an employee of somewhere that you don't enjoy working or you don't aspire to grow in is you aren't afforded the luxury of these um podcasts or changing the way you do things on a day-to-day or trying new systems this and then that can be a con to some people the thought of having to do all these types of things and and layering it up but i ha- you have to think of it in, as a positive you have to think of it as, well, as, right. as if we have an opportunity the fact that we are in a financial position meaning first world country where you've bought your laptop and some great podcasting gear and sit on comfy couches inside a lit up gym that we can then dr- get in our co- nice cars and go it's like we are just in a ridiculously good position oh, for in sure. life like globally yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, it's such in the a grand scheme it, we're pretty good it's such such a um it's such a leveled up position and so you don't take it for granted you keep working hard and you and and most importantly this isn't a preach on start your own business if anything you should be able to resonate with um love just what the you grind. do yeah loving what you do and love what you do love your day yes it's a, it's, a, it's it's important dude and that's what we're here to do exactly right i mean you know you don't get up at ridiculous hours in the morning just because you feel like you have to I mean, some mornings you want to sleep in but then i see 7-eleven coffee and i think i can do oh. it 
<laughs> you in your 7-Eleven <laughs> coffees. If I see another one of those Instagram stories, I'm going to drive you myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crush that damn cup. Yeah, okay, yeah. Damn biodegradable cups. Not <laughs> 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 doing nothing for our environment. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Well, it's been real. What a great catch-up. I hope you, everybody listening has gotten something out on, on I guess, um, not only taking time away and the stresses that can come from that, but also maybe some um, inspiration around, you know, businesses. It's not all glamour. There's a lot of, um, you know, hard work, discipline, whatever you want to call it. But if you enjoy that sort of thing, it's just like anything else, you know. Exactly right. And um, just as a final almost send-off, I know this is now the third episode. So if anyone's actually listening to this, that's not us or our partners. <laughs> and you have a question or you want to hear us talk about something else, uh, reach out to us on Instagram. I'm sure we'll have a way of doing that. Andy underscore AHQ, David Pellegra, full name. Yes, we'll have that in the in the notes where you can... Uh, Is it called notes? I don't even know. No, let's just call it words along with the podcast. You'll there see words? Maybe even the name of the podcast will include... <laughs> well, maybe there might be a podcast Instagram. We don't even know. Oh, that would be so good. That'd be a good one. Keep that... Keep that with us, guys. We might maybe maybe we'll show. We on will on hold on, work it out. We, we <laughs> it's working it out with Dave and Andy. We we're working you out guys. an Instagram handle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you, David, and I'll see you guys soon.